Hello, friends. Thanks for joining Your Body Advocate podcast. I'm Ruth Cummings, your host, and this is an interview with Dr. Larry Merrick. He's been a practicing chiropractic doctor, a homeopath, an energy worker, and a follower of a spiritual life. He's also known as Ra Ananda. He's been practicing for 43 years here. I've known him since I was 11 years old. This is an incredible interview. Please enjoy. You're listening to Your Body Advocate, telling your body's side of the story. The podcast dedicated to supporting and improving your body-mind connection so you can live a pain-free, passion-filled life, dissolving one body tension at a time. Discover the healing properties of your own body language, and together, let's explore ways to support and improve essential self-talk. Now, here's your host, Master of Encouragement and Body-Mind Life Coach, Ruth Cummings. Hello, everybody. Today I have a great friend of mine and an incredible healer from Albuquerque named Dr. Larry Merrick. He's also known as Renanda. He's been practicing chiropractic care as a chiropractic doctor. He's a homeopath and an energy worker. He's been doing all that for 43 years here in Albuquerque. He's also a follower of spiritual life. Hi, Larry. How are you today? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. And um, it's an honor to be here with you, Ruth, because you have been a fantastic healer in my life. And massage and energy work that you do is extremely powerful. And uh, really, you, really appreciate uh, your input on, on uh, my body and my spirit, too, actually, with the energy that channels through you when you're working on me. And on others too. So that's thank you for doing the work that you've done here in Albuquerque. Thank you, Larry. I, I feel so blessed to have you in my life. Like you have kept my body. I've been so beaten up. And if it wasn't for you, I wouldn't be doing this. <laughs> my neck has needed surgery, my knees, through both pregnancies, yeah. everything. I met you when I was 11, and I, I would like to tell that story later if we have time. But tell me, how, how did you get to New Mexico? Did you Were you born here? Um, you know, I had um, my great grandmother came here in 1927, and um, uh, but I was not born here. Her, her daughter, uh, my grandmother, had ended up in um, Detroit, Michigan, and that's where my mother was born, and that's where um, uh, I was born in 1951. And um, so I still have one cousin left alive who's in his 80s here. And, uh, but I did know one of my granduncle, her, my great-grandmother's um, son, he was still alive uh, when I moved here in 1979. That's the same year I moved here. Interesting coincidence, Yeah, I know. Huh? I didn't know that you moved here then. And yeah. I think you and I both met Carl pretty close to the same time. Carl Robinson, who we'll be uh, referencing. He's a homeopath audience, so that's for you. But Carl is a mutual friend of uh, Dr. Merrick and mine. Mm-hmm. And I practiced with Dr. Robinson for a period of time in the 1980s in the same office, the homeopathic family clinic. And it was quite a trip. <laughs> it was a wide, we call it the animal house now when we go look back at it. 
Well, that's where I met you. So if I'll tell my story real quick. Yeah. I, I had just been beaten up badly in a soccer game. I was only 11, and I could barely walk. My parents didn't know what to do. And we were seeing Carl Robinson to help my ADHD. You know, they were mm-hmm. wanting to give me Ritalin, and Carl was working on um, calming me down with some natural remedies. He found a 3,000th, uh, what is that called? Power of zinc is what uh, helped. But I was, you know, I looked like Frankenstein walking in and um, you saw me and you're like, hey, come here, let me, <laughs> let, me, let me help you out. And every single joint in my body was off and I was shocked um, and then so excited because I got up and I was like, oh, I'm out of pain and I can walk normally. All right, thanks. And um, so that's when I met you. Yeah, you discovered a resource that wasn't commonly uh, talked about in public. You know, unless you're yes. connected to alternative care. So you right. work through Carl. Right. So it really worked out, and it was our karma and destiny to connect, wasn't it? It really was. Yeah. The animal house, that totally makes sense to me now. <laughs> oh, God, it was wild. We had a, a psychologist friend who was there. His name was Stephen Walensky, also known as Ryan. He was a, a great teacher, known really worldwide for spirit teaching. And um, uh, But anyways, we were crazy people. It was so fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I do. Re- I mean, even as a little kid, uh, you guys had great energy. And it was, oh, yeah. It was so fun. I would sit there and just stare at everybody, yeah. kind of sit in the corner and just watch you guys. Um, and I learned a lot. That's obviously the reason I'm on my path. Yeah. But, um, it helped inspire you to go into natural therapeutics. You it? know, what came from there was Linda Beebe. Yeah. yeah so she was my first oh. massage acupressure mm-hmm. treatment. Yeah. And I um, just loved Linda Beebe. I haven't seen her in a long time. Um, so so anyway, yeah. So the Animal House, that cracks me up. And, I th- and it's kind of like, I think that there's no coincidence. Not in my universe. In my universe is, is the universe. All universes. And so everything happens. Every being that we meet on our path. Even if it's you know, very, very, for a short period of time. It's, there is a reason behind it and for it. And, uh, and some of us have more. Uh, connection and more of a path together and some of us it's just meant to be a momentary but it isn't coincidence and um, and I feel like my life uh, from the time I was a little child has been has been lived by, through me by God by spirit and um, I don't feel like I've ever had any personal will in anything that happens in my life it just does it for through me and for me and for self and for God and for uh, spirit to manifest itself here and that's like a, a fundamental statement for you know for what I am well I agree and I believe I have felt that through your treatments and I mean because that's how I work and clearly you had a huge influence on that you know because I didn't become a massage therapist for 15 years or so after I met you and um, but that's how I see I see that it works through us and that we, we don't have a choice who mm-hmm. comes in, and we don't have a choice how we heal them or not. Sometimes yeah. it's like, ooh, that was a bad, you know, maybe we, hopefully we'll never see you again, and we see each other. And then That's sometimes right. it's so, as you know, just so uh, profound, and, you know, you, you leave the room crying, and and um, you have to go kind of put yourself together. But it's so honor, such such honor to work on people and see what happens? See what happens. And to let go of the, the doing. We are not the right. doers. Right. We're just if the we, conduit. We are the conduit. If we let go of the doing, 
then miracles occur. You let spirit work through us, and then what is supposed to occur or not occur is completely appropriate and right. And some people will receive healing, and some people won't. It's not, you know, for us to decide what's supposed to occur. It's God working through us that does everything. I so appreciate that because there's times I force it. And not just in my healing practice, but in my marriage or with my children or with myself. And it's so good to hear you say, it's not just stop trying so hard. It's going to happen or it's not. Right. And then I That's like right. Just stop the, yeah. the stress of, of forcing or controlling. You know? Right. Because when we want to control, it's because we believe that we have an opinion about what is supposed to happen instead of surrendering to spirit, letting spirit decide what's supposed to happen. Letting go of all preferences, what we think is supposed to be is the greatest path to spirit. It's like the third Zen patriarch said in, I think around uh, the late 700s, he said, he, his last statement to his students before he died, he said, the great way is not difficult for those who have no preferences. And that is extremely difficult to understand, but it, if you meditate on that and take it into your life and start letting go of your personal opinions about how things should be and simply become a witness to what is, then what happens is life will become more and more perfect and spirit you'll surrender to spirit and then spirit will live your life for you. And it's such a deep statement. It's so simple and so difficult to stop having opinions and preferences. It's the source of suffering and misery. And um, so anyways, I was gonna tell you about how I got here. It was really fun. My whole, my whole life I've, I've lived and had experiences that other people would say are are other dimensional or, or, you know, for, you know, highly out of the normal for human experience. And yeah, and it's been ever since I was a little child. And uh, when I was coming into New Mexico, I've been living in Canada and I'd taken off one semester to go travel in Mexico with a, a girlfriend of mine from Canada, from Winnipeg, which is where I'd been going to school. And um, uh, we were on our way and she had a, a friend who lived in Cuesta and um, so she wanted to visit her, and then she was going to fly back from, from Albuquerque get, to get back up to Winnipeg, and then I would finish driving home from, from um, Albuquerque to Davenport, Iowa, where I was in chiropractic college. Anyway, so we were driving up I-25, and, uh, and when I was in, even in Mexico, I was going inside these temples, and spirit, spirits that inhabited these temples would come and talk to me and things like that. But... Anyways, we were driving up I-25, and I, she was driving, which was a very good thing. And um, we had a hitchhiker in the back seat, and I was looking up at the mountains coming up there between Las Cruces and wherever, you know, coming up. Um, I don't know if it was past Deming or something. And I looked up at the mountains, and I thought how much I would love to be on top of that mountain. And then the next thing I knew, I was actually flying out of the top of my head Physically, I actually had my body in, in a spirit realm flying out through the top of my head, flying out the top of the car, over the hills, over the, the ground, and I came down to the top of a mountain, the mountain I had been looking at, and 
uh, there was a Native American there, and he had long hair, and I didn't even, didn't know, didn't recognize the hairstyle. It was like a page, page boy cut or something, you know. Like, and later on, I saw that it was very typical of Native Americans and the Pueblos, and I think Zuni Indians they have that kind of haircut, you know, long and and cut uh, straight across above the shoulders, and. Um, and he proceeded to give me a teaching, and it felt like I was on the top of that mountain uh, for at least 10 minutes to a half an hour while he was teaching me. And it was like, I just stood there and just listened to him. And then he, at the end of the teaching, he said, now you're going to meet three more of us uh, for more you know, teaching. And I flew off the top of that mountain, and I was coming down to the ne next mountain and as I was coming down, I realized I couldn't remember a single thing that the first spirit had told me, the first person, the, the <laughs> spirit entity. And my mind, because when you're out of your body in other dimensions, you don't have a linear brain. That belongs to the earth body. And so you can't think in linear thoughts. And I was trying to capture what he told me, and it was impossible. And I was so distraught and confused that I touched down on the top of the mountain. I said, I said, it's not going to work. And I just, I just touched down and I took off and I started flying towards the next mountain. And I came down to the next mountain. And this time I came down and it was a woman, a Native American woman in a, in a buckskin dress, traditional looking dress. And she had turquoise on. And this time as I came down, I knew I had to surrender my belief that I had to, to be able to think and remember and I just put my hands together in my chest in like a prayer pose and she reached out and touched me on my chest and my entire being was flooded with light it was beautiful hmm. that was the teaching just the love and the light. Just the, just the love and the light. That's enough. That's enough. And so. I love that. There was, I was supposed to fly to another mountain. And as I took off, I just said to Spirit, I said, I'm filled. That's enough. And I flew back over the mountains and over the plain and came down through the roof of the car. <laughs> and I saw this. And I came back into my body through the top of my head, and no one knew what had happened in the car. And that was my introduction to New Mexico. And then I, there were more things that happened after that, more initiations, spirit initiations in that trip, short trip. And that's when I knew I was supposed to come to New Mexico and not go back to Canada to practice chiropractic. And, and that's when I started, okay. and I started making connections in Albuquerque. And, um, you know, things just, of course, just occurred. Because that's how it's supposed to happen, you know, when, you're, when you live a life led by spirit. You just keep surrendering. Right. You don't try to make things happen. You let them happen and receive it. Wow. I mean, can you explain a little bit how that felt? with that immense love and light? Um, I mean, it's hard to explain that. Well, it's like... I mean, the, yeah. watching you watching you say it, I can feel this much of it. 
you know what I mean? It's just so, but are there any other human words that you can describe that with? I'm sure that was such a profound time and an instant. Mm -hmm. And to feel that. Yeah, and I've had that experience many, many times um, where the linear mind, the human is gone and you merge and become one with everything. And that means everything. There's no separation. There's no boundaries any longer. And when you become everything, there's no longer any need to be afraid of not having what you need. You're no longer, there's no longer any need to have to control things so that you have, to, so that you can try to grab what you think you need to survive. And that's the secret to true happiness. Mm, yes. You, it's, and that's, it, I was going to talk about that. That's the only path, true path to complete peace and happiness. It's, it's discovering the, the, the true relationship that is inside us already. It's not a relationship with a new car. It's not a relationship with what you think you need outside yourself. It's the relationship with your spiritual self, your, your God self, your light self, your infinite self that's everywhere. It's unbelievable. And everybody has access to this and can find it if they look for it and make that their, their goal. If they try to choose to, to find themselves. And it's, it's there. Everybody is... Capable or... Everybody is a creation of Spirit of God. There's no separation anywhere. It's just that we are trained to think that we exist separately by our culture, by our parents, by circumstances, and you're trained to become a consumer and buy things because you think that it's gonna make you happy. And it doesn't, it doesn't work out very well. Over the long haul, you still will have depression and anxiety and fear, fear of death, fear of loss. It's not true. There is so much fear. We, we live on fear. We are trained and manipulated by the culture to be fearful. It's not true. So how do we, what would you say to someone who is fearful? Yeah. I mean, it's... Yes, it's, it's like baby steps. Right. To achieve that sense. Like what would they do first? Because there's so many, as you know, we work on people every day where mm -hmm. there's so much suffering. There's so much suffering. And they don't uh, mm -hmm. want to admit the first to... The first thing to do is to realize, is for an individual who's suffering, is to realize that what they've been doing isn't working. Okay. They have to surrender to that idea that reaching outside themselves to get something that's going to make them happy isn't been working because here they are still suffering and having problems. And then baby steps, very baby steps would be to start recognizing that they have no control over the world around them and that 
thinking that they have control is going to lead to more suffering for themselves. They have to let go of the idea that they can control what they need. They need to begin to let go of their personal opinions of how things should be and start having, practicing, every day thinking, I'm going to let go of control and just watch and see what happens. See if what happens might be better then what could have happened if I tried to control everything and suppress people around me and make myself unhappy when I couldn't control them? Those aren't baby steps, though, you know? <laughs> Letting go of control. You think those are okay? It's really scary at first. Right. To let go of that idea that you can let go of control. And begin the process, perhaps, of finding, when you let go of control, perhaps start doing a prayer or a meditation to ask for a connection to the source that exists inside you and as you, and lives as us, all of us. And then ask that source to provide what it is you actually need. Surrendering to that source on a daily basis, asking for help to surrender your opinions and belief structures that aren't true. Simple <laughs> and very difficult. Yes. Here's a little baby step. Okay. When you exist as an individuated being, you perceive the outside world as attacking you and trying to hurt you. And there's so much out there that you can see where beings are acting in ways that can be harmful. A good exercise to begin the process of experiencing the sense of letting go and seeing your connection to other beings is while we drive, perceive the other drivers in the cars around you as yourself. When someone pulls up and is tailgating, instead of thinking of that person as being a, trying to attack or hurt you or offending you by being too close, what we can do is say to ourselves, the person driving that car is myself. And can't be there to attack me or hurt me. That's my own self driving the car. And what usually occurs when we do that, I've been doing that one for years, is the being in the car behind us tailgating, all of a sudden will change and back up and pull further away from us. And you can even, as they back up and, and you see them as yourself, just experience the love you have for that being in the car because the love you have for that being is a love that you share with yourself and with everyone around you. This universe is a giant ocean and each one of us, this is, each one of us is a wave in that ocean and we've forgotten that we're the ocean. This is an old, old, old metaphor. 
that's been used for thousands of years. Each one of us is the wave, and we've forgotten that we are connected, that we are the ocean water itself. And the wave is just a temporary appearance of a form, an appearance that rises up above the body of the ocean. But then when it hits the shoreline, it will subside and sink back in and become one with the rest of the water. What we are is like the river before it hits the edge of a waterfall. When we're in the river, we're one. All the water molecules are connected in one. We hit the shore, we hit the edge of the waterfall, and all of a sudden, the water breaks up into millions of little droplets flying through the air in the sun, sparkling with light. And we go, wow, this is amazing. I exist as an individual. I'm, an exi I'm an existing as a single drop, and, and I'm isolated. I'm separated from all these other drops, and then bang. It hits the bottom of the river, and there you go. You, you merge back into the river, and that whole false idea of separateness is gone. There's no longer a separate drop. There's no longer a separate identity. Anything that we believe that makes us feel separate from other beings is the source of pain. When we believe that we are better than other people, that is a painful belief. When we believe that we are less than other people, we create duality, separation. And it's that belief itself that separates us from spirit. When we see everyone as our own self and we merge with them, that's seeing true reality. That's seeing true God in and on the earth. That's how we experience God, is when we see our union with everything, all the creatures, all the things, everything, we are one. There's not two here. And that's the path of illumination. When a being experiences itself as no longer being itself, as being at one with all things and all beings and all creatures and all objects, that's God manifest here as itself, spirit manifest. And that's when infinite love is experienced. And the amazing thing about the ocean and the wave is that infinite spirit, unconditioned consciousness, is an infinite unknowable ocean which has an infinite number of waves. And each wave is a universe itself. It's so big. It's so beyond. It's so amazing. It's so filled with light and love. And each of us can choose to begin the process of knowing 
and experiencing that infinite self that we truly are. By beginning to turn to spirit that is our self manifest here and relinquishing our false beliefs that we exist as separate beings. Is there anything you want to ask? I think you explained it really well. You seem to be hurting, though. Are you just... No? You mean crying right now? Yeah. No, it's tears of magnificence and joy. Okay, just want to make sure. No, it's so overwhelming. It just makes you cry. No, this is bliss. Spirit speaks to us here. Yes. I don't know what questions I have, so many. What about time? <sighs> time, first of all, is a human creation based on a limited perception of our existence that we have a birth and that we have a death. Time functions in this dimension as a gatekeeper for beings to measure their existence and how they have to organize and bring about their desired outcomes according to their karmic destiny. Time, in fact, is non-existent. It is a creation of human existence and life. There is no past, present, and future. It's all here existing in one spot, one place second one moment and when one surrenders to spirit when one surrenders all need to control one will begin to experience time as timelessness as infinite time we've had the experience of going into the future a number of times and seeing things and experiencing them before they occur and before there's any way of knowing what will occur. And that's because the future is here right at this moment, as well as the past, as we can travel into the past and we experience the past. When one begins to know the timelessness of time, then one can become a master of time and begin to manipulate time and make things happen in a way that ordinary time does not function, which relates back to traveling into the future or the past. 
Hmm. That's hard for me to understand that I am constrained by my human thinking. But I think I've seen what you're saying. And I remember telling you that I was flying by the sun. And you remember um, you helped me. You put your hand out and um, you guided me um, in the way I needed to be. And then it was kind of a, hey, I was like, hey. And you uh, showed me where to go and we were flying probably at the speed of light and you were right outside the sun and I was headed somewhere. And I just remember that very clearly. And I think the next time I saw you, you said that your arm hurt. (laughs) (laughs) I got a sunburn. (laughs) But I wonder, like all the dreams that we have that seem so real, um, how do we discern what is ego, what is human, and what is um, not just not human, but... um, like the essence of everything, of all at once. I think we all experience that, but we don't know how to discern it. The difference between like human emotion versus just the bliss of all. I think that It can't be discerned the connection of infinite consciousness, the experience of it, can't be discerned by the human mind. It's one, it needs the beginning steps of meditation, watching the breath, practicing being in the moment without thinking about it, going outside the linear thinking processes begins the process for a being to begin to experience in the moment that in the moment is where spirit makes itself known and the only way to experience that is to be in the moment there's a lot of mindfulness activities going on where people are practicing being mindful That means even just watching the thoughts, letting them go. Because that's a good way of beginning the process, not holding on to the thoughts, no matter what they are. Not judging the thoughts, letting them come and letting them go. So they finally, the mind kind of gives up and wears out. And then you begin to be aware of the sound of your air conditioning. Mm You become aware of the sound of the dog snoring. You become aware of this, just a feeling of the air blowing and brushing against you. And it's in that moment where you use your physical senses to take you out of thinking about everything that we have the opportunity to experience. A deeper sense of self It is a great, wonderful place to start practicing. And the more a person begins to do this practice, the deeper it goes. It's infinitely deep, but it can't experience the depth and the deepness 
of the self unless one begins to practice and has the motivation and desire to have that connection that goes beyond your mind thinking, conceptualizing, creating opinions and controlling, fearing, anxiety and depressing. The only way to escape that is to move from that level of being into your spirit self and becoming aware, practicing gratefulness meditations is a great way of getting out of negative thinking to just find everything possible to give thanks for once twice a day do it for two minutes and feel it don't just say it feel the gratefulness and if there are things that offend you forgive those things forgive those people and see them in the light because they are your own self too. And they are lost in the same polarity of believing that they exist separately from God. They have forgotten who they are. And out of that forgetfulness comes all of the hurt and pain, misery, suffering that they experience themselves and then inflict on others. There is not two here. There's only one, one. Everything is one. And it can be experienced. It's all within us. We are all that one. So every being has that well. But you have to start digging to get to the water. And it's not going to dig itself. We all have to make the effort to practice and be diligent to choose a happier life by doing this practice to dig for the bliss and light that exists within ourselves. It's much better. It's a much better experience in life than living in the pain that humans choose otherwise. Well, for those who won't believe that it will get better. There's not much we can do, right? Just kind of try to urge and encourage. Well, yes. And, and love them the way they, you know, yes. by loving ourselves, maybe. And loving them as they are. If it's not their time to choose, if they're not done manifesting that path, then they have to continue doing that. They have an infinity of time to come back to their home, to come back to who they are. It may not be now, it may not be this lifetime. Eventually, the being, the spirit gets tired of the untruth. It gets tired of the separation from God, its own source. Eventually, the soul wants to go back home. The spirit wants to find its union again and exist there. And it doesn't have to be in heaven. It's here, right now, available. The idea of a heaven is another separating concept, a dualistic belief. 
I guess I see that too, that heaven can be right here if we choose it, or suffering. Heaven is being one with God. Hell is being separate from God. And it's not any place except inside ourselves that we have that experience. Wow. How about, how do we, two questions, spread love um, and forgive? Those are very good. And how do we spread love? We spread love by being love. And we become love. A manifestation of love when we ask every morning that we be a manifestation, an incarnation of God's love here on earth in this dimension, and that we are an emissary. And that love will transmit through us to every being we meet, and no matter who they are or what they are, we meet them with love and not judgment or condemnation. We judge them not. We let them be what they are and love them for being exactly how God wants them to manifest themselves right now in this place, in this dimension. I have a show love, offer love, and be love to all here in my office that I like to read while I'm it's on my wall here, mm. audience, but that I feel like I have no say in who I love. I'm mm. supposed to love all. And, uh, mm. I like that. That is the truth. Not easy, but... So how, how can we become that, that vessel of love that is unconditional. How do we become unconditionally loving beings? For me, I start with a smile. I have a, on my newsletter right now, 52, uh, a kindness challenge to do 52 acts of kindness in the, in the year. And several of those include smiling because it's so simple, but it can really spread love very simply, very quickly. It is the right thing. And that's how spirit manifests love through you, which is wonderful and it is true. And that's your goal every single day to be that being. And it becomes unconditional when we can do that even with beings who appear to manifest it. A condition that we would deem or judge as being unlovable. Uh. Unconditional love makes no distinction between what we would judge as despicable and beautiful to release all aversions and attractions 
to release our judgment on all that is good or bad, to have no judgment on anyone or anything regardless of how they manifest is how God manifests unconditionally. It is there, and it is only for us to surrender to that love and that light to reconnect and make it our home again, where we exist right here in our bodies, connected to heaven. Right here, right now, we have that ability and potential. If we let go of all of the delusions and make it our goal, to reconnect to our spirit selves, which is God's self. And is one, there's not two. We are that one. We are not one. It is all one. Does it make it stronger when you have more and more Connect, love, loving connections with as many people or beings or animals as possible? That is a manifestation of becoming a loving being. Okay. The more love that you manifest in your life, the more beings you have loving you back. <laughs> because it's a, it's a mutual resonance and people become attracted to that light and love because it's safe and it's all-encompassing, and it's non-judgmental. Beings don't need more judgment. They need acceptance for who and what they are in whatever stage of evolution or development that they're in. And they can evolve and see that, that they have that potential to become more and more connected and happy by letting go of their false beliefs about themselves and their false conceptions. Hmm. Having those false beliefs that are drilled into the psyche from the time they're little children and by the media manipulation and by the people around them reinforcing and keeping them stuck in what they think that they are. All those things need to be abandoned. They need to be abandoned to reach a state of peace and happiness. And to abandon what you are told you are your whole life they start with baby steps and... And choosing to have a new identity. You see, we all exist as humans with a false identity. And this is the fundamental, most primal thing that we can do to begin to be released from our separation from spirit and our suffering. Stop believing that we are that individuated small little human that 
everyone tells us that we are and begin to create a new identity. And we have the ability to now say, I am not that small human self. I am the infinite ocean of love. And whatever words that each individual needs to find for themselves, they should find something that is big and unlimited, unconditional, and bring that in and meditate on that as their new true identity. To start thinking of themselves as infinite unconditioned thought or consciousness or that they are infinite unlimited love or that they are that they are one with God and that is their true identity that they themselves are a manifestation of God or infinite spirit or Holy Spirit whatever terminology the individual can relate to as being bigger and complete and begin to let go of the false isolated, small human self. And the more one begins to change that identity, the mind, the human mind is like a tape recorder. And it will take in the new belief that one is infinite self, infinite love, infinite life, infinite truth, infinite wisdom, undivided compassion, the more one puts one's attention on an identity that is infinite and unlimited, the more the being will begin to experience that. Because that is actually the truth. And the other small belief systems that say that we are separate, we are alone, we are powerless, those are false identities that keep us enslaved they keep us in bondage to fear. They keep us in bondage to the false, false beliefs and truths. When one begins to switch one's allegiance from the false truth to the infinite truth of who we truly are, then one, over time, by remembering to practice this, will begin to create an experience of their infinite self, which will become not an intellectual thought, but an actual embodied experience where they will sense and know what and who they truly are beyond all conception, beyond all conceptual belief systems, beyond all religious belief systems, to become one with yourself requires effort. You are there, you are already one, but you don't remember it any longer. You don't recall who you truly are. So practicing who you truly are by remembering it and making it a new mental habit will help one to break free from the old belief systems that created the separation from life from God, from spirit, that creates the anguish of isolation, abandonment, depression, anxiety, fear of death. When one knows oneself as infinite, 
timeless self, all fears dissolve. They are non-existent. Just like turning on a light in a dark room, the darkness didn't dissolve because it was never really real. It was just the absence of the light. When we connect to ourself, which is infinite timeless light and connection and love, the darkness is instantly gone. As long as we remember to continue that practice of remembering, remembering to remember is the practice. Remembering can be hard. So we need to practice to remember our remembering of our true nature, of who we really are. We are God's light incarnate here, now, and forever, without any separation. And we exist as God's love and light in all dimensions, without any separation. In all universes, we exist. Not just this one, because we are infinite and everywhere at the same time. It makes all of us so happy when humans choose to begin this path of remembering who they are. All of the angels rejoice, all of the spirit beings rejoice. And they suffer with the suffering of humans in their ignorance and separation. I want to ask about when, when there are spirits that talk to us or show up for certain people. What's happening with that? The spirits that I've seen in my life have really scared me. Not all of them. A few of them have been very angry or maybe scared, not angry. But I know many people, you know, that... How is that explained or, or understood a little bit better by, by us? Well, every dimension... Remember, there's an infinite number of dimensions and consciousness create, is, exists in all dimensions, whether they're not or whether they are embodied with a physical form. And in other dimensions, there are consciousness beings who also feel separate from God and they're isolated and it makes them afraid and it makes them angry. Just because they don't have a physical body doesn't mean that their consciousness is more advanced than beings here in this dimension. They can be just as lost. And that anger can create adverse response and actions in those dimensions for beings in those dimensions with them. And they can try to exert painful, addictive behavior 
for humans embodied, where they want to try to fill themselves again with compulsive behaviors through humans who are alive and embodied. And just as there are those beings in those dimensions, in every dimension there are beings of light who are connected to spirit and God's light and love, who try to be of service to those beings who are separate, as we are here in this plane, in this dimension. And it's up to those beings to eventually get tired of their suffering, even in other dimensions, eventually. They will become tired of their anguish and begin to seek wholeness and love again. Is there any way we can help those spirits? You can remind them when they come of who they truly are, that they are children of God. They are children of light and they are still connected. And it's because of their belief that they are separate. It is because of the anger they carry. It is because of the fear and emptiness that they are choosing to hold on to, that they are rejecting the light that's already within them. It's not outside them. What we desire here in this earth dimension to think outside ourselves will make us happy is already within ourselves. These beings in other dimensions that are angry or behave as if they're evil the light of God is within them. There's nothing that has ever been created that is not of God. It's just they reject that and have not turned to it as of yet. But over time, all things are redeemed and will become one again and merge and dissolve into the love and the light and bliss of infinite spirit. What about pain on this earth? Yeah. How about pain of, of aging? Yeah. My joints and my hands. Pain, yes. Physical pain is truly a real experience. Beings with a physical body experience pain and experience disease. And to do what's necessary to mitigate the pain is totally right and appropriate. Because when there's less pain, it's easier to maintain one's connection with spirit. However, the pain experienced and the aging process and the eventual transition for what appears to be death can be mitigated and made much easier if one knows one's truth about one's true nature that is eternal and never dies. The appearance of birth and the appearance of death. These physical mechanisms we inhabit, our spirit is manifest through it in the same way we jump into a taxi and take a taxi 
and then get out to take us to where we need to go. These bodies are not ourself. It is the false identity, the false belief that we are these bodies and that these bodies will come to an end that causes so much suffering because we don't know our eternal nature of who we truly are. Do you feel that we choose our parents? Or do you think that's chosen by karma? I mean, well, I feel like children um, fought to be my child, my and John's, mm -hmm. and to be around my, you know, each other. But they were fighting before. That's how it felt before I was, right before I was pregnant. They were fighting to see who was going to gain access to the womb? Yes, that's what it felt like. Mm -hmm. I think that that is entirely possible for beings who have evolved and are more conscious and that they know the circumstances that will help them to meet and manifest their life destiny. The more evolved the being is on spirit level, not mental, but spirit level, then the more ability that being will have in being directed to in conjunction with other spirit helpers into the correct family circumstance to allow them to evolve and manifest in their path, evolutionary path towards everything that we are saying today. So the, the, the beings that didn't make it, I just wonder was, I know they'll find their path. It just, I just, uh, I'm sad that only one could come, or two. Mm. You've loved them in the past, in past lives, and that's why you're sad. And these other beings have already been with you in past lives, in close family relationships. Hmm. And you wanted to have that physical connection with them. What about babies that are lost in miscarriage or or abortion, are those like, you know, so many people suffer with this question, but it mm -hmm. seems like, first that's, I don't know how the, when there's I- nothing, There's nothing that's ever lost. Right, they just move on again. They move on, all beings are eternal. There's no birth, there's no death. That okay. is the massive hallucination that everyone suffers from that has a body. We are eternal beings. There's no beginning. There's no end. And we come in and have these dramas to manifest the evolutionary lessons that are needed to evolve and learn to go beyond soap opera and our drama. <laughs> there are many. And that's, this is the dimension of soap opera. As the world turns. As the world turns. It's when one really gets tired of soap opera that one is beginning to graduate and not have to participate. How involved are we with dolphins? You know that I love dolphins. They're all around my room. <laughs> They're in almost every dream. Mm. And is not the dolphin a 
perfect example of living in oneness for you? Yes. That is the, that's why you're so attracted to that, because you know that your true nature lives in oneness and is not a dual state. And dolphins are completely in that state of oneness. They live and exist in that oneness connected with infinite spirit, with no fear, no separateness, no delusions about what they are. They are what they are, what they are. And you love that state. And that is your goal, to be in that state. So what do we defend? We defend the illusions that we believe in. What should we defend? Nothing. Nothing. Nothing needs defending. Hmm. So we don't defend love. Love needs no defending. Hmm. Love is perfect and only needs to be manifest. Love is not a mental state. Love is a manifestation of the light. It is an example of how light is manifested in this dimension. In all dimensions, love is the highest manifestation of the unknowable, which cannot be Love is a demonstration. Because I feel like in to defend those who can't defend themselves or to bring love out of those who maybe feel like it doesn't exist, um, you know, to include the unincluded. I, always, I say that at the end of my podcasts to um, to try to bring love and kindness but to me it sometimes to feel it feels like a defensive mechanism like a a deflection maybe is a better word can you clarify your underlying so I feel like If there's someone being unkind or um, even violent, a bully or a um, when someone's being left out, when someone's being made fun of, when um, when someone is feeling very alone or is homeless, to to step in and support them, do something by standing up to. The people causing them pain mm-hmm. or causing them sadness or harm and so doesn't way. that doesn't that seem appropriate? It does. That's it is why. appropriate. So isn't that defending of of love? Yeah. It's defending of these beings through your love. It's not love you're defending. Okay. It's your love being manifest as protection and caring about these other beings. You're not defending love. Love needs no defense. 
you're caring about these beings and doing something out of your love. I see. I'm, I mean that my love for them creates a feeling of protection for them. Mm -hmm. Okay. It's not, that's right. It's not defending love. Your love is the source right. of your behavior, which is wonderful. Well, that's what I've taught my children, and I just was wondering about yeah. that. If we all stood up for, that's what I would say, stand up for love. Stand up for love and caring and loving because you love these other beings because they're yourself. They, these beings who are being abused or downtrodden, you see in them yourself. That's why you're taking care of them because it's your protecting, you're, you're taking care of your own self, which deserves all the love and protection in the world. Yeah, my friend. My friend. Yes, I. That's what I was wondering. So, in my my definition of that, I was saying, do we defend? Mm -hmm. So, defending of others is okay. It is good to help okay. other beings in this dimension who are suffering. It is a it is a duty to do that. Okay. What other duties do we have? To be a manifestation of God's will. To be a manifestation of God's light. To be a manifestation of God's love. To be a manifestation of God's wisdom. To be a manifestation of complete, unconditional, non-judgment okay and so when people are trying to find their quote god-given talents and are having a hard time doing that but they know it exists and they're just feeling lost like they're not doing what they're supposed to be doing yes and so they suffer yes and they come to you and me What's the best, I mean, besides, you know, the, the lucky people that come to see us, I think with our touch, we're able to direct them and they don't even know that. And we don't even know that, we're just doing it. But those who might be listening that are, would love to find their God-given superpower Let's see. It is up for them to recognize that the current trajectory they're on, their beliefs about what they need in their life and what they're doing aren't working. That's the very first step. Recognition that their life does not bring them happiness. And then From that standpoint, once they say that and know it, then the doors to their happiness will begin to open. If they can't let go of the old because of their need to hold on to the suffering, if they truly are tired of the pain 
and they admit it is not working. The old pain doesn't take care of what they need. Then the doors will open if they ask spirit to open the doors and bring to them what it is they need because they're asking spirit, which is not outside themselves. It is their own mind, their own, their own being is infinite spirit and is infinitely abundant and has everything that they could ever dream of or want. But because of their beliefs in the limited self that is clinging to false beliefs of their deficiencies and their pain and the traumas, because they cling to that and they make that their identity, they will be entrapped until they can truly say enough and begin to ask God, which is their own inner self, to open the doors and bring. And the path and the people that will take them to their higher destiny and happiness. And it's that simple. Spirit is just waiting for them to ask. But they can't ask as long as they believe that they are that small self. They have to begin to trust. Their true nature is infinite and has everything that they will ever need if they can ask for it and believe in that. And then it becomes more and more real. The more they remember to remember to do that. Does that feel good? Yeah. I think we've completed our story here. Yes. The spirit is very grateful. And that was lovely. My, uh, this being, Ra Ananda, who speaks through this embodiment that other people call Larry Merrick, is very happy to have been here to share. It's source of wisdom and light and love. And we hope that this may plant a small seed in those beings who hear this and will begin to explore the possibility of letting go of what they think is true and entering into the realm of the infinite and what other people would call unbelievable but it's true, the bliss and the light and the love that you can have if you begin to open your heart to who you truly are. Amen. Amen. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you for having us. Yes. All right. Wow. <laughs> Great mm. job. Wow. 
That was an amazing interview. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I enjoyed being present for that type of spiritual energy being in the room. It was quite profound. So we will be having another interview with Dr. Merrick in a few weeks, and we're actually going to talk about chiropractic work and some other amazing things that he has been privy to in his amazing career. Thanks so much for joining me today, and I will see you next week. Thank you for listening to Your Body Advocate with Ruth Cummings. We're so glad you've joined us today and truly believe you can live a pain-free, passion-filled life. To connect with Ruth, work with Ruth, or to grab your free ebook, go to ruthcummings.com. We'd love to hear from you. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe so you don't miss our next episode. Until next time, friends, be open, include the unincluded, think outside the box, and spread love and kindness one smile at a time.